Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Chip Nellinger. Chip, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Finally got some excitement in these markets, Casey. It took uh, two weeks, but we went from uh, depression and corn's going to zero to now we can't get planted and corn's on its way to $5. So what a difference two weeks makes. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy run here of late. Um, you know, I watched it today, and I've been I've been really watching that July contract real close, and it finally uh, it get close. It run up there to uh, about three ninety nine, three ninety eight. You think the next alert was going to get you over four, and today it finally did it. Finally did it. We uh, had a high of four hundred four and three quarters uh, in the July. That's the highest we've been, I believe, in over a year. I think since like May eighteenth of twenty eighteen. Yep. was the last time the July corn contract was this high. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I remember, you know, just as we're going lower, 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 uh, it's a lot like the hog market, right? We were talking about African swine fever day after day after day, and hogs are going lower, and why isn't uh, the market responding? And then finally one day you snap your fingers, the hog market cares about African swine fever, tax on, uh, you know, $25 straight up. Same thing here. Uh, corn, it's rainy, it's cold, it's snowing, can't get in the field. Why doesn't the market care? Why doesn't the market care? Uh, the market cares now, and it's a serious, serious deal. we got the slowest planting pace in history. Um, as of this past Monday's uh, planting progress report, I believe we're at 49%. Uh, there's a lot of people thinking that we're going to be no more than 60% on Tuesday's report, possibly in the mid-50s. Uh, more rain around. It's raining right here as we speak in central Illinois. Uh, we got uh, anywhere from two to three inches over the last uh, probably uh, 48 uh, hours. We got another two to three inches coming the next few days. Uh, we got some serious issues out here with planting delays. And uh, if it, it's, it's rained so much here, and I'm sure otherwise, not just here, but everywhere, massive rains in uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, um, Missouri, Iowa, you know, Nebraska, the Dakotas, Illinois, Wisconsin, massive rains. And if it quit raining today, most producers here are saying it would be uh, Thursday, Friday of next week if it quit raining today. And unfortunately, we got rain in the forecast every day for the next six or seven days. So that's uh, front and center here. Uh, we've had a crazy couple of days, and I, it would take a, a two hour long podcast to figure this out. But Big volatility yesterday. They had a press conference and announced the the uh, market facilitation payment um, details. Although they, it was more, in my opinion, a lack of details. There were way more questions than answers uh, in that um, market. Went a little haywire because it would still make you uh, think at first glance that it would favor planting beans. And if you were going to take prevent plant, you weren't going to get a payment. So. Then people that, you know, their fields are under two feet of water are saying, what about me? I'm, I might, Mother Nature might force me to take prevent plant, and you're not going to let me take any market facilitation payment. 
They then came out with a disaster um, uh, earmarks three billion dollars for a disaster for the prevent plant and flooding situations that passed the Senate yesterday. It got voted down in the House today, so now we're back to square one. And the market today finally said, you know what? We don't care about Washington. We don't care about the political crap that's going on. We got a real problem here, and it doesn't matter if farmers are going to get market facilitation payments or not. Mother Nature is going to have um, 30 million acres. I don't know what it is. Probably close, possibly more. 30 million acres of corn are going to go in the ground after June 1st. And uh, you can't, with a straight face, say that uh, we've got a 176 national corn yield coming when a third of the crop is going to go in um, as late as it ever has. So it's uh, yeah. crazy times, Casey. <laughs> Two weeks uh, are a big difference in this market. Yeah. Well, also, too, I mean, if you look at the extended forecast anywhere across the uh, central part of the United States, basically, well, from the Continental Divide over to the uh, to the Atlantic Ocean and uh, down through the Gulf and everywhere else, it's wet and it's going to stay wet. And they're talking below normal averages for temperatures and those kind of things. So, um, there might even though we might get a crop plant, it still might not be ideal growing conditions if these weather patterns hold true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Not to the, the bean market kind of got left in the, in the tracks this week. It's still kind of in the middle of a two week range. On the one hand, I get that because I guess if you can't get in to plant corn in the next couple of weeks, maybe you plant beans. It depends on where you're at. And that's why we, we preach a lot about having a plan here. Crop insurance is a big part of that plan and it's very definitely playing in. And that's an individual case by case scenario. But in a lot of areas in my mind, I've crunched some numbers here back of the envelope. I don't know that beans pay, right? If you're going to plant corn based on where cash corn prices are, cash bean prices for new crop, I don't know if we pick up a lot of a lot of bean acres. As, as hard as it is for a farmer not to plant a field to, uh, to anything, prevent plant corn in a lot of areas might be the thing to do. Um, but I don't think the market, the bean market, has even started talking about Hey, quietly, if this is the latest planted corn crop ever, then it's the latest planted bean crop ever too. And you can't assume that we've got a 49 and a half bushel national average yield coming like the USDA has plugged in if we're going to plant 80% of the country's beans after the 1st of June. And I don't think the bean markets even started kind of talking or trading that. Right now, they're worried about picking up more acres and we don't need more acres right now because we have a big supply in the world. But, uh, you know, Mother Nature has a tendency to take care of your supply issue, and she's uh, maybe in the process of doing that right now in the corn and the bean market, and the wheat market, yeah. for that matter. Well, yeah, I mean, the wheat market's in a crucial stage right now, and they're getting a ton of water on it when it doesn't need a ton of water on it. Yeah, if you look at, the, like, the past seven days uh, uh, precip, I mean, Oklahoma's in the bullseye, man. Oklahoma and parts of Kansas, <clears throat> I mean, like, 10 plus inches. I think there's some areas that were 12 to 15 inches. Like you said, that is not what the wheat crop needs at the, uh, at the end of May is uh, 10 inches of rain, hard rain, not like a nice, easy, we're going to get 10 inches of rain in four days. It's like 10 inches of rain in uh, six hours type of a thing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I've talked to my folks back down around Wichita and it's just, it's, it's out of control. You know, they, the, uh, most of the lakes and stuff are so full that they pretty much shut them down. You can't, you can't even, um, get around all the fields are, are pretty much underwater. My dad told me they had like 10 inches of rain in the last six days. And, and he's gotten, um, that was before this last big batch that came through. So 
it's been it's a mess. It's a total mess right now. That's a good way of putting, uh, and like you said, pretty well, pretty well from uh, Nebraska to Ohio and the Dakotas to I don't know how far south, uh, uh, Mississippi probably, and uh, everywhere in between. A mess is uh, a good way to put it right now. Yeah. So you look at the uh, winter wheat, or the, sorry, the spring wheat crop that's up there, up in Canada right now in uh, Manitoba and. Saskatchewan across that area, they're, they're dry as a bone. They can't buy a drop of rain, so that's really having an effect on the on the wheat market too. Correct? Uh, it is. Uh, so they they can't plant uh, in the northern plains of the United States. Um, it's it's dry, so it's kind of feast or famine. It all kind of I'm not a weather guy, but it all kind of hinges around this high pressure that's kind of over the um, uh, you know the southeast United States, the uh, the Carolinas and and that area high pressure ridge that pushes the jet stream up, gives all the rain into the central part. And then again, north of us up into Canada, um, it's been, uh, it's been warm and dry. So it's like feast or famine here. No one's having perfect weather right now. Um, and, and it's struggling, you know, whether you're in the Southeast, it's hot and dry, you know, just beastly hot, no rain, uh, here, it won't quit raining. I think it was, uh, uh, 44 degrees in Peoria, Illinois for a low on Monday. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's almost June, and we're still uh, yeah. seeing lows in the 40s. We had a high Wednesday at like 53. Uh, it's just it's just bizarre what kind of weather pattern we're in right now. Yeah, this time last week, or I'm sorry, Tuesday. I guess it was Tuesday. Tuesday, my kids went to the last day of school, and it was snowing out. You know, it was just yeah. it was, it was crazy stuff like that's happening everywhere. So, so there's the other thing I've been watching. So you got the oil markets kind of is making some runs because of some issues happening over in the Middle East with Iran and some saber rallying going on over there. And then you've got the corn market on a tear. Um, how's that affecting the cattle market? I mean, usually oil goes up, cattle follows, but when corn goes up, cattle usually goes down. So how's that working out? Yeah. So cattle have just been kind of stable this week. And honestly, there was a cattle on feed report and I've been so busy. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen what the cattle on feed report said. So I'm going to take my eyes off of the um, the camera here and see if I can't zero in real quickly. Here we go. Cattle on feed. I'm going to get this live and in person. Cattle on feed report. It was released at 2, uh, two o'clock about a half hour ago. Cattle were pretty stable this week. Awaiting this cattle on feed report and the long, the long holiday. So 102.2% on feed. That was towards the low end of expectations. Placements were below the lowest. Marketed um, were just a touch above. So I'd say that's a touch friendly to um, live cattle futures come Tuesday. A lot of times, um, you know, we digest those quickly, and it's more about the cash market and everything. But I, I really do think that um, cattle are at a fair value in here. Typically, the first half of June, you're talking about a seasonal low being in place. So I think we got a good um, good chance of seeing um, not much more downside in the cattle market and some higher prices um, a- as we go. Obviously, the sharply higher corn market here, we're basically 60 cents off the lows from two weeks ago. That's pressured the feeder cattle market a little bit, you know, higher input costs, higher uh, feed costs uh, for feeder cattle. That's pressured there. But from a live cattle perspective, I think cattle and feeds may be a touch friendly. Um, not saying you're going to go screaming higher Tuesday, but I think we're uh, really fairly valued in all um, our cattle contracts right now. 
Saw some pressure. Um, uh, in fact, uh, closing the limit down in a lot of um, uh, hog contracts here. Cash market's a little bit weak, but there is a story out that uh, China um, is um, close to um, a vaccine. They're close. Close, right? Yeah. So what that tells me is that um, they need to buy some pork. So let's talk this market down because we got to get some more pork bought. Um, not to be very cynical, but, uh, so that I think hit the, um, the hog market a little bit here ahead of the long weekend, a pretty ugly close in, in hogs, but they were back in for uh U.S. pork this week. Um, so we'll see. I don't think you've seen the last of, uh, a rally in the hog market. So, you know, it wasn't too long ago, Casey, we were like asleep at the wheel here, snoozing these markets saying, when's the volatility coming? And, uh, it's here. Yeah, we got we got it now. It's not even so much the daily swings as it is the uh, interday swings. If you if you've been watching the last yeah three or four days, it's four or five six cents a day, kind of swinging from high to low, and it's it's uh it's really playing an effect on on what's happening in the market. Yeah, and it's I would I would just urge. I know it's it went from depression, um, borderline depression, desperation from the row crop farmer that you know, prices are way too low. We're losing money. And now it swung the other way. Prices are higher, but it is no less exasperating sitting there saying, Hey, it's raining. I want, I got to plant corn. We literally have producers we've talked to that have 10% or less of the corn planted. Uh, there, and I know there's many producers out there have not planted one acre of corn and it's uh, yeah. June 24th today. So emotions are swinging. The market's swinging. It's, it's as critical as ever to have a plan and crop insurance is a major part of that. And you gotta, you gotta know what each piece of that puzzle is doing. My production, um, where are my sales? If I have anything sold, what is my crop insurance? Or you can make some really poor decisions, uh, that really affect your bottom line. So I know a lot of people are out talking to crop insurance uh, agent. Uh, that's critically important. Know what the, pre- the prevent plant situation is and the rules around that what your what your aphs are and guarantees are uh, all the rules around first crop second crop with crop insurance and um you know and, and put that into what your marketing plan is yeah it's uh it's tougher than ever right now and it's it, it wears on a guy because you just want to be planting corn and we can't plant corn right now yeah so looking at the the long-term effects that you see happening right now at December corn, it keeps, it bounces around. It's as volatile as anything else has been. Uh, I think it closed at like 418 and even or something, I think maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah, four, 420 for a high. We haven't been that high for uh, over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens yeah. now? You start looking at what's going on there now, and you're saying, how much of that do I want to sell ahead? How much of it do I want to just kind of hedge and see where I'm at? So. What's some what's some of your thoughts right now as to as to what's happening in the corn and, and what some of the some of the big technical lines that we're looking at now that that could really move things forward? Yeah, um, the the previous contract high in December corn is four twenty four and three quarters, so you're right at resistance. All right, we got a long weekend. There's there's no markets Monday. Uh, markets reopen Monday night, um, seven p.m. Central. It, a lot of it hinges on the forecast, how much rain falls this weekend. There's a lot of rain in the forecast. And then what's the extended forecast, the 10-day forecast come, um, come Monday, and how much rain is in that forecast. Um, I would think that you still have some upside here. 
potentially into the 435, 440 range versus December corn. <clears throat> that is a number in my mind that gets you high enough to incentivize uh, producers to keep planting corn after um, the prevent plant date. Here in the Eastern Corn Belt, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, that date is June 5th, which is where you can keep planting corn after that, but you don't have to. You can take prevent plant and get 55% of your guarantee. In most of the Dakotas, Nebraska, um, the western third of Missouri, uh, most of Kansas, that date is actually tomorrow, the 25th of May. Saturday the 25th is their prevent plant date. Um, so I think corn has to get to a high enough level to incentivize producers to keep planting corn and not take prevent plant 435, 445 zone probably does that from there. I think longer term now, you just, with a, with a snap of a fingers, you know, the May crop report, the USDA told us 176 bushel yield projection and a 2.4 billion bushel carryout. There is just no way on God's green earth we're going to have a 176 national average yield when a third of the corn crop goes in after the, the 1st of June. So those yield assumptions are going to come down. We're going to debate those until the final January crop report. It tells me that we're not going to go straight up, but we're going to have breaks along the way, and, the, the, and you're going to have rally potential, and that now the burden is on um, the bears to prove their case instead of the bulls, right? The funds on the commitment of traders, they're still short. As of Tuesday, about 115,000 contracts of corn is likely less than that. Uh, they probably take that to a net long position over the coming weeks. They're going to be buying the breaks. And so it really boils down to what you said earlier, um, a case-by-case -case scenario. How much corn do I think I'm going to get planted in the next two weeks? Um, refigure your break-evens, right, with lower yields. Um, that's going to raise your break-even. So you have to figure out what you need from this crop. Um, that's going to be a higher level than it was a month ago when we thought we were going to plan on time. So you're going to have to kind of re-clear the deck here, recalibrate your break-evens, find out what your guarantee is on crop insurance, and, um, and, and that will really help set the stage for what the next step is individually on your marketing plan. But I would think that 435-ish, 445 <clears throat> is a realistic target. Beans are going to struggle because we've got too many of them. And right now the market is fearful of more acres, but I think eventually the beans have a little bit of upside in, in them, uh, possibly up into the 890 to 910 range versus November futures. And we close today uh, about 855-ish. Um, so, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if beans don't have 50, 60 cents of upside in them when the market realizes, hey, we've got to reduce our yield assumption on these beans and um given the price ratio between corn and beans i'm not a big believer yet you're going to pick up a bunch of bean acres you could pick up some but maybe not as many as the market fears right now and that could create a a nice snapback rally uh in the bean market especially if corn keeps rallying so i think 2020 crop especially corn needs to be in the back of people's minds uh, we're trading just under 415 december 20 corn futures as it stands today, I think we stand to just plant a ton of, bean, of corn acres next year. So um, that's got to be on your radar screen, too, is this 2020 crop, especially if you tack another 5, 10 cents on December 20 corn futures. You really have to think about that far out doing something um, because we could just have a massive amount of corn acres next year. Right on.
All right, Chip, plenty of stuff going on, lots of reasons to have a plan. So if someone wants to work on one or have you review what they've got going on, how would they do that? Yeah, the easiest way, just call our office, 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, no pressure. Uh, kind of give you our two cents on uh, you know what the, the hot buttons are right now and what uh, maybe to focus on. So critical as critical as ever because you could make some really poor decisions out here from a from a sales production crop insurance standpoint so it's it's insanely critical um to have a plan and uh, know what you're going to do no matter what prices do in the next couple of weeks yep got a plan even though prices go up you can still lose money so it's uh, very important to, to do all that you definitely there's going to be some people that uh unfortunately screw up the from a crop insurance perspective, make the wrong decision. And, and it's really hard out here. I've been to some meetings with uh, producers, some of our clients and their crop insurance agent. Um, uh, we're pretty, uh, I'm licensed in crop insurance. I don't sell it, but you have to know all the ins and outs of it. And uh, my point with that is you could really make some poor decisions out here from the crop insurance uh, perspective, whether, uh, you know, keep planting when in fact, maybe there's more money to take prevent plant as hard as that sounds. And as hard as that is for a farmer to let a field lay fallow all year, um, unfortunately, that might be the best financial decision, um, but it's hard for farmers to do that. And, uh, you know, you sure aren't going to have full yield potential if you're going to plant, start planting on June 8th or 10th or 12th or something like that. So uh, you got you to recalculate your yield and your guarantee because after the the prevent plant date, your guarantee drops um, on crop insurance. So there's no right answer to it is the problem. You still have to kind of make a little bit of an assumption on yield and price, and uh, it's just more difficult than ever. Right on. All right, Chip, we'll take care of yourself. We'll talk to you again on Monday, man. All right, sounds good. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we'll try and straight, stay dry here, and uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk next week. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. All right. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Mellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century.